This is Garvey Alexander, and you're listening to Liquid Legacies. Cheers. I'm here with Dana Spaulding. She is the CEO of Wander, CEO and founder mm -hmm. of Wander and Ivy. Got to get that one straight. <laughs> um, a level two sommelier. She is a graduate of Fordham University. Um, not only that, she graduated cum uh, summa laude. Is that yeah, how you say it? Yeah, cum so, summa laude. Yeah, cum summa laude. Yeah, just you know, I top did well. Top of the class. That just <laughs> means studied. top of the class. So we're sitting with the best of the best today, <laughs> and we're going to learn a little bit more about her and about Wander and Ivy, which is a, a single serve, ready to go wine uh, beverage. So, Dana, thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming by. I know you have like limited time. You're probably extremely busy as a CEO. Um, and I just wanted to introduce my audience to you because your story is very ins inspiring. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to share more. Thank you. Of course. Um, this is Wander and Ivy. This is your brand. Can we just start from the beginning? Start from uh, like even before 2017 when you had launched uh, the product? Like what inspired you to go into this field? Because I think you were with JP Morgan. I right? was, yeah. You so I was there. in JP Morgan. Mm -hmm. I was in private wealth management. And what that meant was I managed wealth for successful entrepreneurs. And most recently, I was managing wealth for successful entrepreneurs in food and beverage. Mm -hmm. And so I was constantly, my job was to constantly get to know entrepreneurs ahead of any big acquisition. And then once they would go through it, we would manage their wealth for them and their families. And it's also where I met my husband at JP Morgan. And wow. we were constantly together throwing out ideas and ultimately wanted to be on the other side of the table and doing what they were doing, kind of building these amazing, innovative businesses within food and beverage. But honestly, I didn't know what that looked like until one evening my husband annoyed me with the question yeah. of, are you really going to waste another bottle of wine? We were throwing ideas around. I loved... The idea of starting a business. I was entrepreneurial. My dad has always been an entrepreneur. So I wanted to start a business. I just wasn't sure what it was until we were having dinner one night and my husband asked me, are you really going to waste another bottle of wine? Mm -hmm. And I was quite annoyed because it was a Monday. I had this like minor win at work that I wanted to celebrate. Yeah. I made a nice dinner. I wanted to have a nice glass. And he very clearly identify that you're frequently opening up bottles. Yeah. I have a glass of whiskey, he said, or beer. You have a glass of wine, but then inevitably, three or four days later, you're throwing some wine away. So mm -hmm. why don't you just start shopping in the single serve category, yeah, that whatever that sense. looks like. And so I just personally said, okay, after I got over being annoyed, I was like, you're right, let me go shop there. And what I quickly found was really low quality wines and packaging that all felt like I was settling the cans, bags, boxes. I felt like the, the actual packaging was not at all luxury. And then once I actually dug in and tasted it, I just wasn't impressed by any of it. And it all felt low quality. And I, that was for me the initial spark. And when I dug even deeper, I just realized there was no focus on clean, organic ingredients. And I'm so focused on that in my food and even my other beverages. Yeah. But I never once thought about any of the ingredients in my wine. And that for me was really interesting to think about all right, this doesn't seem to exist. Can I just go out and create it? And so that was the initial spark to found Wander and Ivy to be the premium and organic single serve wine brand. Yeah, I think all, all of the best uh, products, the best ideas are just come from those type of discussions yeah. and kind of necessity, mm -hmm. you know, and you, you, you were like spinning that wheel over and over, opening that yeah. bottle, yeah, opening another one, opening <laughs> another one 
pouring the rest down the drain and yeah. it just made sense you know why not um do a single serve wine yeah um not only is single serve great for portion control yeah it's great um for you know counting calories yeah sugar uh, as yeah. well content yeah and you you really get to um kind of get to understand not to push the needle so much yeah. because sometimes you will open a bottle mm -hmm. some some people not me not only me <laughs> you might open a bottle and feel the need to finish it yes. even if it's by yourself so there's yes. no pressure in that area as well but you had said something about packaging and that kind of leads me to you know as a judge for Child magazine we also uh base our point system off of um the functionality mm -hmm. of the bottle yeah. and design yeah. and you have a really unique design that's what caught my eye originally yeah. so I, i'm gonna grab one of these and Please. show people so this is the chardonnay mm -hmm. uh from wander and ivy and look at this vessel that it's in like mm -hmm. it's obviously like you know it's it screams luxury it screams decadence um and when i see this i, I actually want to hold this i want to open it and drink it as well but I kind of want to hold it and just show it off to people. Yeah. It's not, it's a very unique vessel. Um, I can definitely see this in the uh, low boy fridge at a bar where they would have bar, uh, beer mm -hmm. instead of beer, have like all types of wander and ivy. Thank you, by the way, for all mm -hmm. that feedback. That warms my heart because it also is what I was intending for it to be. It was mm -hmm. a luxury um, experience from the packaging first and foremost because that's what catches people's eyes that Absolutely. like you said but and then the quality of wine yeah so you could put that back in you can also twist the top but that really allows the silicone cork inside to preserve the freshness mm -hmm. and then i get asked all the time so how should i drink it and i always say it's whatever way you want you could sip it from the bottle which my husband does all the time you can pour it in a glass or most recently we've really got these really fun sippers especially for yeah. events and creating a little bit more of a festive vibe you pop these in and can drink it. I'm a sipper type of guy. Are you? I, yeah, I, I love am. That. I really am. Like, well, I'm a then sipper these type are for of guy. you, Garby. Thank you. So, I mean, I might just drink. I mean, please, yeah. I'm take a sip right now. Should I? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, look at that. And does this, so um, do you think this helps with the olfactory senses, just having it mm -hmm. uh, shaped do. like this I as do. well? Yeah, it's overall, it just feels more of a luxury experience. It yeah. opens up the mouth in a way that a glass is. And so hmm. it also keeps the bottle in your hand, which as you said, so many people love the, it's a weighty bottle, you know, it's a heavier intentionally glass bottle. And so yeah. it allows you to really experience it in a way where you're keeping it in your hand. Yeah. And, and what I also love is our stories on the back. We have so many different pieces of character on the label and on the design. So as people are sipping it, they're also learning more about the brand, which, as mm. you know, is so important for people to feel ingrained with Wander and Ivy and who we are. And mm. so that piece of it, I love too. people keeping it in their hand and experiencing it. I love the I honestly the label is just it's a great mix of modern and old world. Thank you. This is how a brand should look like when they're um, when they're thinking about the next 50 to 100 years, when they're thinking about marketing to people of all ages i mean obviously 21 and yeah. <laughs> but this is what a brand should uh go towards because this label has a bit of color but the black and white labeling the the font the placement it's it's screaming grab me you know this is what i'm getting from there so how did this uh, come did you design this label or? so i worked with the team and i really wanted so thank you for all that feedback yeah. i really wanted a lot of that to be a part of it i wanted it to scream sophistication and elegance 
but then also have a little bit of playfulness. So I our get, I can't get too drunk. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We're gonna put it drunk. down. Sorry, no, yes. we're gonna put it down. But yeah, she was saying. So I wanted it to be that old world. I also wanted it to have this like, strength and masculinity because there are a lot of single serves out there mm -hmm. that are pink and sparkly and there's nothing wrong with that. But I wanted this to be approachable, as you said, for almost any demographic to grab. And I felt as though the crest, which is a W and an I, gives this like strength, masculinity, old world vibe. Yeah. But then also we wanted for it to be playful because at the end of the day, it is an alcoholic beverage. And so each one of the labels has a little character that's representative of the region I love they're it. serious on the front and i don't know if you've noticed but they're all drunk on the back so they're all drunk animals so it's like a <laughs> oh really fun piece of character without throughout all wow, of them before and after yeah right they're and, wasted yeah and it's just fun it's that like really beautiful combination of seriousness sophisticated elegance but also playfulness which we really find within wander and ivy so the, the label as well as the bottle we're really proud are both patented we've put so much mm -hmm. time into having them be so innovative having them be so differentiated in market so it was important for us to get those patents as well that's amazing so yeah. you know I, I can tell that there's a layer of creativity to what you do and yeah. it's not just crunching numbers it's yeah. more like you're actually in, heavily involved in the design packaging and yeah. everything across the board and um, I read that you were a dancer at yeah. Al uh, was Alvin Ailey. Yeah, when I was at Fordham, I danced there, yeah. I went to John Jay. Okay. And I would frequently walk down the block and just, you know, every now and then I'd pop my head into Alvin Ailey. Love that. Two of my friends who were twins, they both, one of them uh, danced and taught at Alvin Ailey. Love that, and yeah. And they both danced, but yeah. only one of them actually danced and taught. So I would go every now and then and hang out, and I'm a huge fan of, of Alvin and Ailey in general. Like, they, yeah. they did The Lion King, right? For, just, for years it's amazing i mean they're amazing just being in new york is amazing it was the only real place that i even considered for school because i knew i wanted to be in a place where i could for a period of time pursue both finance and the arts mm -hmm. and it really was nyu or fordham i mean those are some of the only ones in the world that have such high quality um experiences on both so i did them both as long as i could and yeah, ultimately yeah. kept dance as a hobby and then pursued finance but it was just this incredible experience that sh for in many ways shaped who i was and allows me i say it all the time i was even talking about it just last night at an event of the i now have my little girl in dance mm -hmm. and she could do it go as far as she wants you know but for me what i found and what i hope she finds one day is just it gives this confidence and ability to be on a stage ability to stand up in front of others that especially leading a business i found has been remarkably um important and Absolutely. it's so beneficial for me and i like i personally light up on a stage and i know others have to really work to get there um in front of others whereas i find so much joy and i found that at a young age so it's definitely shaped who I am for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can tell uh, that it adds to your creative process as well. And do you ever just come back and kind of get back into that mode? Like the, I'm going to just freely express myself by dancing after a long day, or is it more like I'm a CEO now and you know, I got to just go home and hit the, hit the sheets so I can wake up and go back to the office or you still have that that inside of you i mean as of so i'm a mom now of two little ones mm. they're almost two and four and i will say it's actually less so at night but it's more so every single morning like we do dance parties and it's just a part of who we are and i love it like like it's a part of like our family dynamics we wake up and in every i think breakfast we're playing music 
So it's just like bringing the culture to them, like yeah. all different kinds of music, and then we just dance as we get ready. So it's not as sophisticated and, you know, formal as it was when I grew up, but it's become like such a fun way to incorporate like family togetherness of course. and fun in the morning yeah. and like get your day off in a silly way. And that's, I was going to ask how you balance you know, um, being such a high powered person in general, someone that's so reputable and probably being pulled in so many different places. Like, how do you balance that life? Uh, and maybe the viewers would like to know that yeah. as well for, you know, um, young fathers and, and mothers that, yeah. you know, are starting their business, but also starting a family. How did you just balance that out? And with like your week, yeah. how do you like? divvying time out for the business and the family, um, if you don't mind. No, I love that question. I'd be happy to talk to it. You know, it's definitely something that I feel like you got to figure out what's right for you. And what's really worked well for me is what I call time blocking. And I'm pretty religious about it. And I make sure that everyone in my world, team, family knows that when it's work hours, I try to be very dedicated to work. But when it's family hours, it's actually on my calendar it says family time, or if I have specific family things like doctor's appointments, it's on my calendar. It's not anything private. I'm really open to the team that these are priorities. So yeah. the team knows, for example, from 5 to 7 p.m. at night, I pick up my kids. I do bath, bed, dinner, bath, bed. And then when needed, I come back online. And that's a choice that I make. Okay, you know, I work a little later. But I know that that also means that I've been present for almost every bedtime mm -hmm. throughout my kids' entire life. And wow. that was important for me. Of course, I travel and I have the most supportive husband in the world. Mm -hmm. So that's a piece of it is finding the partner, I think, that really is, whether it's, you know, the partner that you're married to or even just like family and friends around, like the support system that can be there for you to allow you to step away like I am now. But I would say time blocking in a religious way and really holding those things sacred to say, I don't need to do 10 things. And if I'm doing those 10 things, I'm probably giving very little to each one. Absolutely, And yeah. feeling scattered. And that definitely, you know, happened early on for me. And I said, enough. We have to just be really present and focused. So I put away my devices. I'm focused on my kids when it's time for my kids. And my team knows it. Yeah. And, and hopefully that gives them a sense of, you know, the fact that I lead by example. I want them to figure out what works best for them too and know that family is and health is first. And mm -hmm. so if anything comes up, just let us know, communicate it, have it on your calendar and we respect it Absolutely. across the whole team. And it's, you know, it's, oh, it's a kind of like a constant ever evolving challenge, but um, I feel like we're in this really nice groove that's working for me right now. That's perfect. I, yeah. You kind of hit it on the nose when you said like the groove of yeah. it. So I think the listeners at home, they can take, what they should be taking away is that you just have to, like you said, religiously yeah. have this time designated yeah. to the family and time designated to the business. And then even have time after the family time, get back into the business yeah. because you are the founder, you are the CEO, you make all the pertinent decisions and yeah. you know, this is where you're where the buck stops. Yes. Agreed. So totally. you might have to go to work, Go home and go back to work, guys. Yeah. I mean, it's just what it is. It's just what we do in this world. So, uh, but yeah. I'd love to go back because I want to sip. Honestly, <laughs> I, I'd love to go back to yeah. Wander and Ivy because yeah. I think you had mentioned um, a few minutes ago before the we were talking about family about and we were talking about the packaging. You mentioned organic yeah. grapes, right? Yeah. So, can you let let us know like 
to the people at home, I know what I know what you mean, but yeah. they might not. Yeah. What does that mean, organic grapes? Somebody might say grapes are organically grown, but like what in our world it does mean something differently. So yeah. could you just fill them in while I grab a little? Yes. More? <laughs> okay. You sip while I share. Um. Mm-hmm. So one of the big aha moments for me was the regulatory piece and understanding that, you know, on food I'm so focused on the labels and the ingredients, but I wasn't for wine. And I think mo- the mass consumer they they really do feel you know up until more recently that it's just grapes mm-hmm. and therefore it's healthy like you said therefore it's organic but it's really not the mass produced wines are for the most part heavily dumped the grapes are heavily dumped with pesticides they're one of the quote dirty dozen crops that have the most pesticides dumped on them which can therefore filter into your wine yes. and so when i learned that i thought oh my goodness, I'm caring so much about the organic food that I'm eating for me and my family. And I wasn't at all aware of what's going in my body when I'm consuming alcohol. And and that was really fascinating to me that the food revolution from an organic standpoint was really 20 years ago. And yeah. wine is really just starting to become more and more front and center for consumers of what does that mean? And so what it means, you know, organic is a regulated term to be certified organic. So all of Wander and Ivy wines are made with certified organic grapes, meaning there's no pesticides, herbicides, or any other sprays like that dumped on the grapes in the grape growing process. And then also all of our vineyard partners are really committed to sustainable practices. So not only is it better for the planet, but it's also better for our bodies and that we don't have these pesticides being consumed in our bodies. And interestingly, it's also better for the grapes in that they build up this resilience, this strength, because they do need to weather the storm with all of the wild Absolutely. climate change that we've experienced, yeah. the drought in particular. Mm-hmm. These grapes are becoming so resilient. So better for the planet, better for you, better long term for the wine industry. Absolutely. So really from a sustainability standpoint, we're super proud to be leaders there. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, can you kind of speak a little bit more about what sustainability is? Um, yeah. There's a lot of people that might not know what you mean by that as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great point. So um, Wander Nive is actually committed to sustainability in a couple of different ways. Mm-hmm. So first is that organic piece in that the vineyards are all sustainable, focused on really how do they create long lasting, healthy vineyards, Mm -hmm. meaning we're not making it such that it's just dirt with no true biodiversity underneath of it. Mm -hmm. It's it's really focusing on how do we create the most biodiverse vineyards, which, again, are just leading to healthier planets, like healthier earth soil that can really withstand these like incredible climate changes but then ultimately allows us to have none of the dangerous chemicals on any of that. Um, But also from a sustainability standpoint, like there's the farming piece, but then there's also the packaging piece. So we're really proud that we do have a glass vessel that you highlighted, thank you. Um, And so the ability to recycle it is one, but then for us also, the way in which we repurpose is so different from a can bag and box that you really I can't imagine ever repurposing that but for these what's so exciting is we see and really promote for consumers all the time they use them as water bottles they use them as um florals we use them all the time for events for floral arrangements we use them for um like I see our consumers use them for vinaigrettes. Oh, like, it's great super cool I actually make tinctures and my own like bitters and whatnot Perfect. So you just sparked the idea. I can make large batches now because the vessels I use are right? about half the size. 
and it has you know the little dropper yeah. in there yeah i can just you know drink this pop the top open put uh, my botanicals inside yeah. put my alcohol let this sit for three months love that pop a, a drop dot a dropper on top yeah. and then actually use this for for different cocktails and whatnot so i think i'll send you a picture of, Please, of that yes. <laughs> of, I'm, I'm gonna go and actually do that this week yeah. and then when it's uh ready to be you know used in my beverages yes. i'll send you a picture i of that. love that yeah. i mean that's the thing that's so cool to see how people reuse it that again just um you don't see it in other packaging in the wine space. Mm -hmm. So the ability to recycle and repurpose is something we're really proud of. And then lastly, from a sustainability standpoint, we've always been really mission driven. So formally, our mission is to elevate the single serve wine experience while also making a meaningful impact in the communities around us. And I say that because we've always been really focused on giving back 1% of all of our sales to charitable organizations. Great. And we really focus on how do we give back where we're delivering healthy and organic food to those in need. And while figuring out which organizations we wanted to give to, we really learned a lot about food waste in America. And I, I learned that over $400 billion worth of food every single year goes to waste in America, That's which terrible. is wild that to is me. Crazy, yeah. It's like, how That's is this terrible. a problem within the United States? But it is. And so we partner with organizations like Feeding America, which mm -hmm. is, that happens to be the largest food rescue organization to really be able to give back, to take some of that food rather than throwing it away when it's still good to deliver it to families in need. And we've been able to do over, deliver over 200,000 healthy meals to those in need. So when we wow. think about like sustainability and making an impact, that piece of the food waste side of it is super important to us. And um, overall, just really proud that that's woven into who we are as a brand. Absolutely. And um, a lot of people don't realize that when you create a brand and you're you have a vineyard. I'm, I'm assuming that this is sourced from several vineyards throughout the world, right? It is, yeah. We're an uh, importer, so we import from vineyard partners around the world. So you're also helping the local economy wherever these vineyards are because um, just you producing this probably puts about 250 to 500 jobs globally. You know, oh, yeah. 50 in this area, 100 in this area, just from making the packaging. Uh, the viticultures, uh, people harvesting. Yeah. So you're producing jobs totally. globally, even if you even if you're not too sure where, <laughs> but just you having a product and producing something of this magnitude that's mm -hmm. available nationwide means that you're also producing jobs for people. Yeah. Thank you. That's a great point and something that we're super proud of. Absolutely. Yeah. I and I think that's beautiful. Um, yeah. So we can jump back a little bit and get get to like the earlier days um with you and your husband he's Ian he heavily involved in the company as well so or? people always say that because I always give him so much credit he mm. has like his full-time steady gig and I run Wander and Ivy so yeah. we joke he's um so this is you this, this is, is just this your... is founded by me but I give him so much credit in the in the spark because he really did ask that question that led to it all but he's got his full-time finance career still and i i went and took the risk to, to build wander ivy he gets the role of number one supporter for sure oh that's great yeah. <laughs> i think that your spouse or your partner yeah. should be your number one supporter yeah. besides like your mother your father yeah. you know yeah. like i, I, I that think that makes it. so much sense yeah. and every entrepreneur needs to have someone in their corner. Yeah. Um, could you speak a little bit more about just your entrepreneurial pursuits yeah. in general? And it could be Wander and Ivy, it could be when you were like vice president of um, JP Morgan. Yeah. 
any anything that you can lend uh lend a little like insight to when it comes down to being an entrepreneur and your journey you know i think one of the biggest things is being so persistent and just knowing how many no's going into it a little bit eyes wide open of knowing you get a lot of no's you're going to get a lot of people i think that will tell you all the reasons why it's a dumb idea why it's never going to work i mean i had a lot of people um initially tell me why i would never be able to get quality wine inside the bottle and it's because it's so innovative mm -hmm. it's because it's so challenging there's a reason people haven't done it because it's really really hard to be innovative in, the, in a space that hasn't seen really any innovation and you know as when i was meeting with central venture partners today they had said that's what i like to hear right like yeah. those barriers to entry it's hard in the moment mm. to feel like i'm on to something right like to take a no and to say like that's gonna light a fire because exactly. that means that every other person out there is gonna have a really freaking hard time figuring this out and no one's done it because it is so hard and that is a huge barrier to entry that could help you stand above everybody else and so it's taking the nose being persistent through it which is hard and and having that light a fire and be the fuel going forward um cultivating that animal ambition totally. using that no to yes. fuel the fire that you need to execute pretty yeah. much and I, I i agree and on the flip side i have always protected myself by saying no to people mm -hmm. because i knew that i needed to cultivate yeah. i needed the space to grow and yeah. then when i was ready yeah now i can step out yeah. and do certain things so mm -hmm. the people at home should realize that there's a time to yeah. there's a time for that to say no but totally. also something you said kind of you filled a void mm -hmm. you saw the void in the market mm -hmm. for for a good product and then you executed it even though your your colleagues and your peers were saying like i don't think you should do this you <laughs> might be sinking up like x amount of money into this and yeah. who knows if it's going to work and you you stuck through it you went to the next level, you saw the void, you marketed it correctly, you got the uh, packaging on point, it looks amazing, the product is delicious, and now you've been featured on so many different platforms and yeah. mine as well. So I think it's great to for the people at home to understand yeah. that they have to continue, you guys have to continuously push through. You know, every rough patch, you have to continuously go uh, and double down on yourself. Yeah. At, at every moment, double down on yourself. Uh, I think that's what we're learning, you know, from Dana, aside yeah. from so many other things. Um, I want to take it also back to this so I can drink more. Yes, uh, you take it. <laughs> it's only six ounces. It's a good, you know, full uh, pour yeah. for you. You guys had um, an event last night. We did. What, did. what launched? We celebrated a launch for Pinot Noir. Hmm. So this is actually, we've been asked do to do Pinot for so long. Can you send me some? Yeah. Oh, we have, do we have any Pinot? <laughs> Look at her. She's looking. She's like, oh, we're going to send you some. <laughs> okay, I, send I, uh, we're going to send you some. Let us know about um, the Pinot Noir and then about the launch a, a bit. Yeah, um, you know, this is the first one that we're doing in a really, really limited way. We did a less than 500 case production, almost entirely exclusive to direct-to-consumer. We did it because, well, one, Pinot Noir is hard to do. Over the years, there is a limited amount of certified organic good quality, good tasting Pinot Noir. And we've been so selective on, okay, if we're gonna launch this, it needs to be high quality. It needs to obviously hit all the marks across that we do for all of our other wines. And we didn't find it for years. And we finally landed on it and we thought, okay, let's test it over the holidays because 
who doesn't love a Pinot on Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to launch it then and and see how it does, but let our consumers know that it's it's really limited. So it's like first come, first serve for these 500 cases and less than 500 cases. And then our goal is to see how it does. And if it does really well, it's our first real test of that mm-hmm. specific varietal yeah. that our plan hopefully will be, if we can, to bring it back in a larger way in the future. But this is kind of a really fun, sexy holiday launch for us nice. that we've never done before. Nice. We'll make sure you have. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So when you originally launched in 2017, how many um, options did you launch with? Was it just like a sub and, and, a, and a cab or? We had four. So um, we had four. We had a rosé, two reds, um, and a white. And my goal from a varietal standpoint has always been really supply demand driven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it checked all the, the boxes that we were really going after, which are family owned, certified organic, the best varietals from the most renowned wine regions around the world. If it hit all those boxes, we loved the taste. Really, if they were available every year, meaning the vintage was available, um, because they are certified organic and, you know, smaller to mid-sized vineyards. If they were available and our consumer was loving it, the demand was there, we've always shared, we're going to bring it back. And so we have with all of our varietals, but then also every year we go to our consumers. We have both wholesale business. We're in stores and hotels as well as direct-to-consumer. And so my team is constantly getting feedback, whether it's online or in stores and our distributors, like, what else do you need? And, you know, was one that was like, oh, my gosh, can you bring us that? So we're just constantly trying to hear what what we're missing, what more we can do, how we can innovate and try to bring that to market. Oh, great. Um, yeah. I'm, I keep forgetting that you're a level two sommelier. Not only <laughs> did you create the wine, like yeah. you, you probably are heavily involved in the blending process, right? We, so now we work with our partners and we actually use um, almost identical blends with our vineyard partners that we've worked with year after year, which is okay. amazing. We've built such amazing partnerships with them. Like, for example, our red blend every year, you have the cab. Um, our red blend every year is a 55-45 split of Bobal and Merlot, which is, Oof. I'm just like in love with yeah. it. Um, so we know and trust them so much now. But yes, when we launch new varietals, I'm heavily a part of the tasting process with now our team, which has become much more sophisticated and broader on tasting with them, doing the market focus groups, doing the industry focus groups of like, is this hitting the mark? Is this of the value that you would expect at this price point in this vessel? Um, so we're constantly getting feedback, but yes, I'm, I'm very involved in the tasting process. How long did it take for you to uh, acquire this level of knowledge and of wine knowledge, is, it's so vast. So how long did it take for you to reach level two of sommelier? Um, so I, it probably was within my first two years owning the business. But I will yeah. say from a wine knowledge perspective, it's ongoing. Yeah, you know? we're still like, learning. It's, we're it's still just, learning. It's ongoing. It's, it's such a big industry. There's mm-hmm. so much to learn. Yep. And I feel like I'm constantly soaking up from everyone and constantly learning and understanding the trends and, and being trying to be as much as possible ahead of them um and building the people so much of what i've been focused on is building the team around me of that expertise and learning from them and we have some people on our team for example that have 30 years of winemaking experience and i'm constantly learning from them so yes i have this base knowledge of being a psalm but at the same time i feel like i'm constantly learning especially from the people that i try to surround myself with do you mind just kind of i don't have the pinot noir with me but the, and uh, the viewers at home don't, but do you mind kind of walking them through the the aroma, the taste yeah. of the Pinot Noir, what yeah. they would expect when they open a, a when they open a single serve up? Oh man, I love our Pinot. So all of our wines have zero sugar, so all of them are dry. Mm-hmm. Um, this Pinot 
pensive oak, pensive vanilla. Nice. The the overarching uh, flavor profile is that cherry, but it's light. And that was really our intention of having it be a light, everyday one that paired really well, especially with some of those heavier dishes during the holidays, which, you know, is kind of classically paired with a Pinot. Um, and so this is such a lovely, light, cherry, oaky, vanilla, nice. you know, that you can have over the holidays. Is it as, t- like, I'm getting slight tannins on this mm-hmm. in the Cabernet. Is it, like, as tannaic, or is it... Not as much as the Cab. A mm-hmm. little lighter on the tannins there, but still there. Yeah. Um, beautiful aroma, beautiful taste profile, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, I think it'll just pair really, like, I personally think with the lighter, um, like a turkey, like yeah. a um, like a pork, it goes really, really well with. Ooh, okay. I'm, we'll take those suggestions for yes, sure. I mean, yeah. On the website, you have a beautiful website, by Thank the way. You. On the website, um, I noticed that you uh, have an e-commerce mm-hmm. uh, site. They can go on your website and purchase everything. Yes. What stores are you in? Are you just like Total Wine, Drizzly? Can we just go online and grab your stuff? Or where can we physically go I love to grab what you're Wander? asking. Thank yeah, you. So, so Wander and Ivy, we ship direct to most states where it's legal in the U.S. We ship to 38 states. Okay. And so, yes, you can go to our wine shop. You can. We have a, all different types of uh packs that you can get in terms of mixed varietals you can select your favorite varietals for them so we ship those direct to 38 states and then um in stores we're available in 18 states across the country and growing awesome. um but some major stores like we're, we're here in new york um some major stores though across the country include whole foods safeway albertson's sprouts um heb kroger um so all of those are places in store where folks can get them in addition to that hotels have been a huge area of opportunity for us oh yeah mini bars perfect for the mini bar at the hotel i've always been so excited about the hospitality category Mm -hmm. and then the pandemic hit and i certainly had people saying stop calling around march of 2020 and so we put it on hold for about two years and then as travel reemerged, it's been really exciting because all of these food and beverage teams are looking to get innovative mm-hmm. they're coming yeah. back and reimagining what in room looks like because we've all had this period of being away and now we're traveling again and it's really exciting because i don't know about you but i cannot imagine a time where i'm drinking a full 750 milliliter bottle in a hotel room yeah it's just people aren't doing it <laughs> no, and so no, not at all so hotels are are just trying to figure out how do we move wine? How do we get consumers excited about it? So the other place where you can find our wines are in rooms in major hotels across the country, mm-hmm. which for me is so exciting because I think it really hits that need of like, oh God, I'd love to get a glass of wine at the end of a long, whether it's personal or business day, and it feels accessible and doesn't feel like a guilt that I'm opening up a huge bottle and yeah. you can really just enjoy one great glass. That makes sense. Yeah. Would you be able to offer a bit of insight into how someone at home could start a brand and get it placed not just starting the brand but oh, yeah. specifically getting it placed in whole foods or in a national store oh, i know it's, it's huge yeah it's it's huge. Say, it's it's a doozy. Huge. so you know would, i mean i'm sure they would love you know, to know one of the biggest things i think that was eye-opening for me is under really going in with an understanding of the three-tier system because mm-hmm. You have to understand that you're not just selling to that consumer in a in a hotel. You're not just selling to the shopper in Whole Foods. You're selling. You have to be ready and able to sell to the distributor and tell them why they need it. Have them be able to sell to the buyer of the hotel or the chain like Whole Foods. Why do they need it? And then have all the marketing ready to tell the consumer, mm-hmm, the end exactly. consumer, why they need it. And so, 
that was eye-opening for me to really just get that ground knowledge of the three-tier system and go in really clear about your pitch for every layer and understanding what are they motivated by you know what will get them excited and i think each tier is pretty different in terms of what really motivates them and understanding financially what you need to do from a pricing standpoint to make it make sense for those three tiers we had to you have to back into it you have to know okay what do i want this to be on the shelf okay if that's the case what is the Kroger, Whole Foods, chain buyer. What do they need to make? And that was a learning for me. And it tends to be about anywhere between 25 to 30% margin. And then you got to back in, okay, the distributor, which is required across every state really to get into most chains is, okay, what do they need to make? That's 25 to 30% for the mm-hmm. most part. So backing into your pricing structure and knowing it, I think is a real learning and allows you to step in really knowledgeable and can say, it's almost the first question that they have on their end. It's like, okay, it's a beautiful bottle. It tastes good. Does this make sense financially? And you got to really be able to, I think, help them understand that it absolutely does. Mm-hmm. And then also how you're going to drive growth for them. Because right now, honestly, we've, as you probably know, Garvey, it's been this 25-year trajectory of growth in the wine category. It's been ex- exponential. But it's leveling yeah. out. And all of a sudden, our distributors and the buyers are saying, I have this warehouse of product that I stocked up throughout the pandemic and it's not moving. And I have learned that you have to take those challenges and say to them, I, I hear you. That must be really tough. We're growing at triple digits and here's why. And kind of walk them through what, and even if you haven't yet launched, here's why I think we can be the growth driver for you. We're tapping into premium organic personalized, which are the leading trends. Absolutely. Yeah. The lower price generics in their warehouses aren't moving and so i say i hear you that must be really a really challenging place to be let us add value to you by being a growth driver for you so i think building a brand where you know your end consumer especially in the alcohol space you know the tiers and you know how to really demonstrate value to them especially in a time that's challenging like right now they're trying to figure out how to move other products and you gotta differentiate yourself if we are in a challenging time right now, yeah. especially in the space like the wine category, yeah. although RTDs are the fastest yes. growing category for the past what two two to three years, I think they're yes. the, the literally the largest growing sector of the alcohol business. So you're at a crossroads where you have a product that's like extremely palatable, um, uh, extremely pal- palatable. Yeah, palatable yeah, is what, yeah. Like, everybody wants it. Yeah. And it's delicious. But you also are working within the confines of the wine world and going through like the tariffs and whatnot yes. and the, the droughts and yeah. making having to have a great yield on mm-hmm. the vintage and whatnot. So there's a lot of challenges. And I think obviously you have such a positive demeanor and whatnot. So you're dealing with these challenges well as a CEO, somebody that um, a lot of weight rests on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. So aside from, you know, your, your creative uh, time as a dancer and <laughs> your family time and yeah. balancing it out can you offer some more ways to for like someone that's a boss to woosah like to chill <laughs> out like how do you chill out and overcome these challenges when you get this email like that i can't get my product because the vineyard had a drought and now you need to fulfill these shipments like what runs through your head and then how do you correct the, that first negative thought 
no, the people at home should yeah. know how to deal with this type of thing. I love that question because it's probably not asked enough of like mm-hmm. how you how you mentally handle the major challenges mm-hmm. and and also not allow it to which I know so many entrepreneurs myself included over time is lets that weigh on you from a self-worth standpoint because you think well the business is challenged or not doing well therefore I'm not doing well therefore I'm fa- I'm a failure if the business is doing great I'm a success and attaching it so I think it's it's a it's very very important to maintain self-confidence, self-worth, and build that within yourself. I have been really, really focused on, even in in small ways, building meditation within my day, which is hard as a mom of a two and a four-year-old. But I try to wake up real early and have these moments of peace and quiet. And I think for everybody, it's finding what works for you. I also love movement, which is wonderful for me, and like any kind of movement, yoga, running, the bike. Um, but for me, I've always been so active and like Mm -hmm. always on the go and moving that it's been a really wonderful challenge to myself to be still and to find the peace Mm -hmm. there. And I try to start my day every day. It's not every single day, but I try with five to 15 minutes of mindful meditation where I can ground myself so that I feel one, I do like the gratitude practices. I try to ground myself and have this really positive, calm mindset to start the day, which can be very chaotic, which can feel very heavy and weighty at times. Yeah. Um, so I try to start there. And if I, I'm getting better at, although it's a constant evolution for me, of when I do have really, really challenging moments and feel like, how on earth am I going <laughs> to overcome this? Um taking a minute rather than like speed through actually take a step back rather than trying to like race through 10 steps forward of taking a step back quiet still and calm and just realizing that I can overcome this this will likely make me stronger but here let me let me process this and really thoughtfully come up with a solution myself and then bring a team of people to to get there too but I think for me, meditation has been really, really helpful in addition to the movement that kind of helps me work through the challenges and kind of like releasing any kind of negative energy, you know? Yeah, I know. That's great advice. Yeah. And obviously it comes with the territory, yeah. the pitfalls that come with being being a boss and having your own movement and whatnot. But it's it's inevitable, but it's about what you do to to what you do afterwards yeah. and, ha- and processing yeah. as well, taking time to process is what I kind of took away from yeah. what you said. Like, just let it process and then make your decision, yeah. then move on. And yeah. But I'm sure there's more amazing things <laughs> rather, you know, yeah. then there's a lot of challenges, but there are probably more amazing things that you're, you're receiving from the universe just by having this brand. So, like, yeah. just, like, want to go into something positive now after yeah. we touch base off yeah. of that. So, one second, though. My legs, I just had surgery a couple months ago on my I legs. Saw- that. So How are you feeling? I feel amazing, but I got to stretch these bad boys out. You also are out. very tall and have long legs. Oh my so. god, I feel great now. <laughs> so I, I'm just gonna be like this. Like you sit like that. You relax, man. <laughs> I really want to face you, oh, but my please. legs are screaming. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as your role, you know, what do you like most about being a boss? About being a CEO? Uh, I mean, like some people aren't. There's a lot of people that are gonna be watching this, and they're soldiers, yeah. and they want to be bosses. Yeah. They want to know about why you why you chose this life. 
Um, I, you know, I love it and I mean it. Like I love leading. I love being the, the strategy behind it. And now having more te- of a team to execute is amazing to not be in like the nitty gritty and every single thing and also overseeing. But I personally I'm gonna love. Get this way. Yeah. <laughs> get this way. You, yeah, you stretch out. Um, I love building the strategy behind the brand. And that for me is so exciting. I also love, you know, I think it takes time, but right now, so much of what is resonating with the consumer is that connection with the founder, with the mission behind it. And so I, I really have learned to love having our story be so front and center because people can relate to it and it really resonates like, oh my gosh, that's me. I waste, people say it all the time. I waste wine. That's our family. And gosh, this is exactly the problem I'm having. And so what I love is being the face and I love representing Wander and Ivy and being the strategy behind it all and yeah. building a team around me that can really help execute my vision is, is without being cliche, it really feels like a dream. Yeah, I feel the same way whenever I'm leading my teams because I also operate restaurants, I've yeah. operated hotels, I've operated museums. And whenever I get to you know, make a, sorry, pardon, yeah. Your wine was amazing, and I drank the whole thing. <laughs> so now, now I got the the <laughs> the tannins. Out yeah, here. <laughs> good boom. Um, I the, be, the my favorite part about leading is executing and seeing the vision be yeah. come to life, mm-hmm. but also also lending and mentoring, lending myself, and le- letting my students pick my brain. And yeah. I've turned baristas into full fledged mixologists, like within awesome. a summer, awesome. and um. Just like I feel like a proud father whenever I see yes. them thrive, you know. We I, have. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's uh, no. I want you to speak. No, we, I was going to say our. <laughs> I mean, one of the most valuable people on our team. She's mm-hmm. incredible. We brought her on as a chief of staff, and now she is our director of marketing and operations. And Valor, I love you. And it's been incredible. She is one of the many examples on our team that watching her grow and become a leader in her own right within the business has been incredible. Like one of my favorite things is promoting within rather than hiring be- yeah. outside because seeing that growth is amazing. Mm-hmm. And you're really building these careers for people as you've done. Yeah. And it is in a way you're I'm like this proud mama, you're this yeah, proud literally. father of, of these people that also I think wholeheartedly believe in the brand and believe in what they're doing and love it. And so that's so exciting too, of like, I've wildly built something that people get excited about doing in the morning, right? Like that's something that gets me, it gets me so excited, but the fact that I've built a team of people to do it, like how amazing is that? And you can help with their mentorship and growth. That's just incredible. It really is. It's like, it's the best part of the job, honestly, is like that takeaway and knowing that, you gave someone the skill that they can take around the world. Yeah. You can work, if you work in one bar, guys, you can work <laughs> at a million. It's yeah. all the same. Yeah. Honestly, it's all the same. Um, I know that your time is limited, so I would love to just, you know, offer you an opportunity to talk a little bit about the future of Wander and Ivy. I know that you just launched a Pinot Noir. When can we expect the Pinot Noir to hit the shelves? Yeah. Um, do you have any other categories you think you'll be going into what other ventures are you are you thinking about the future 
Yeah, so the Pinot is actually just going to be online. So it actually won't hit the shelves. It'll just be available online, and um, that's days away. So we kind of just last night had our launch party, which is so exciting. And so that's coming very soon. And then the other really big innovation that I'm so proud of is bubbles. Bubbles oh. are coming next year. We have done wow. a tremendous amount of R&D, as you can imagine. Getting this getting still wine alone into our package has been so challenging and something that we're so proud of today. But doing bubbles, we've done so much R&D on it and it was just so challenging to have it consistent across the board. And I'm so so proud of one of the, you know, we're we're investor backed. We've raised a lot of capital and one of the the core uses of that has been a strategic investment in a multi-million dollar custom bottling line yeah. that is allowing us to do sparkling. And so that for us because it's a closed system allows us to do bubbles in a consistent way, which I'm just so excited about. I think there's such <laughs> demand there. I mean, talk about brunch, like your book. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm obsessed with your book. And like Thank you. brunch, when I was reading like brunch and uh, the way that you described it, it was like, yes, you're rushing through oftentimes all of the other meals of the day. And brunch is this like hour to half a day, full day experience. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's what I'm so excited about bubbles to incorporate because it is such a piece of that but to get innovative with it i think will be so cool um so i'm really really excited to launch bubbles in uh, early next year hope you enjoyed this episode of liquid legacies thank you for listening